This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you in to Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can get me and all of my gambling picks on Twitter at Undercover Greg. Joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Matt Siegel. You might know him on Twitter as Showtime himself. At Showtime Cappers is where you find all of his picks. College football week 11, some big games on the college slate. NFL week 10. We're already into the double digits. It's really crunch time in both sports. The NFL playoff picture coming into focus over the next couple of weeks and the college football playoff scenarios uh, are going to be unhashed for sure between now and conference championship Saturday. Matt, always good to chat with you. How we doing? Greg, what's going on, man? Like you said, I mean, I'm real excited for this weekend. We got some marquee matchups. You know, specifically, obviously, I'm pointing towards LSU, Alabama, and another big, you know, in the SEC, and another big matchup on the college gridiron. Penn State takes on, travels to Minnesota. You know, so you got two matchups, Big Ten, SEC, two or four undefeated teams. Certainly, uh, you know, the two losers of these games are their their college football playoff hopes are going to dwindle a little bit. Yes, and that's the thing. We saw the first college football playoff rankings come out. Penn State, Alabama, and LSU, three of the top four. Obviously, a lot to still be decided. Maybe there's still an argument for the loser of LSU and Alabama. There's a lot to hash out, as I said, and and we will get into, of course, the showdown in Tuscaloosa and the big game in Minneapolis a little bit later in the podcast. But Matt, Let's get right to it. Uh, We're going to run through a couple of plays on the ice and the hardwood first. NHL and NBA, where are you taking us? So let's just start on the ice. Uh, Small slate today, you know, only four games. And I'm automatically looking at two that we, you know, we constantly talk about um, each podcast, you know, each each week here. Um, You got Vancouver on a second game of back-to-back roads. They're traveling from Chicago. To Winnipeg. Meanwhile, uh, Winnipeg is was off last night, 
So that's a spot we will be looking into. And again, you got the New Jersey Devils traveling from Calgary to the Oilers, uh, Edmonton. And, you know, the Oilers were off last night as well. So two home teams catching two teams on second games of back-to-back road games um, where the home teams were off. Two immediate spots to look at, you know, and then obviously you got the, the one of the best teams in the NHL, Boston Bruins, traveling to Detroit, one of the worst teams in the NHL. Maybe a game we'll look to play uh, Bruins win in regulation. We'll evaluate as the day goes on, but just some, some spots to be looking at. And I do am looking uh, at the early afternoon game as well, the home team as well. I'm looking there, Buffalo Sabres. So uh, I will definitely be putting them on the Twitter uh, later this morning into the afternoon. Uh, for the NHL plays, but we will be looking at three home teams and one road team in the Boston Bruins today. So there you have it. A couple of NHL leans from Matt. I'm passing the day. It's been a rough week. I'm looking to bounce back with my college and NFL plays, which you'll hear later. So uh, I'm not going to give anything out as far as the National Hockey League and the NBA today. Uh, Matt, quickly, though, there's not much to pick from. Actually, I'm sorry. There's a lot more to pick from in the NBA on Friday. I was looking at the Thursday schedule as we're recording this on a Thursday afternoon where there are only four games on this Thursday. But anyway, Friday, a busier night in the association. What do you like on Friday? Yeah, I mean, honestly, busier night, but um, a handful of uh, what you can say, maybe trash games. You know, the competitive games don't actually really kick off until later in the night at 9 p.m. when you got uh, the Milwaukee Bucks traveling to Utah. But before that, I see a little bit of of a nice spot for the Kings here. I've seen the Hawks so far struggle um, with, with, without John Collins and, and, you know, they lost to the bulls by, by 20 the other night and, and, uh, losing John Collins is hurting them. Trey young is back, but I think the backcourt of the Kings could, you know, could be a buddy healed and the Fox could be enough for the Kings to get a road win. That's just a spot I'm leaning towards as of right now. Um, you know, spot that I'm looking at, uh, as well. Later in the night, I will be looking to fade the Philadelphia 76ers once again on this West Coast trip. As a Sixers fan, it hurts me a little bit. Um, but obviously, it's it, you know recording like Greg said on Thursday. We don't know the line yet, but it looks like Ben the Sixers will be out. All Star point guard right. Ben Simmons, you know, so that will definitely be a blow to the lineup. And we know how good the Nuggets are at home, and with the Sixers playing their third road game in five days and dropping uh, the game at Phoenix and the game at Utah. It looks like this West Coast trip is getting a little bit of the best of them. Yeah, and I was going to ask that, Matt. I mean, they did compete pretty well without Simmons in Utah, but as far as where we see this line's going, I would think, what, four or five area, maybe a little more for Denver? What do you think? Yeah, something around there. That, that, that sounds – it just really depends on how, how many points are going to value Ben Simmons. But, I mean, obviously right. I expect not to play, and I, I, I'm not really sure how many. But I, I lean Denver here. I also lean the under. You know, Denver uh, plays great defense, high altitude there. Fatigue could be a factor, especially for a player like Joel Embiid, you know, and especially for increased minutes from the bench with Ben Simmons not there, being a man down. So I will look for Denver and the under there. Uh, another spot I will be looking at will be the Los Angeles Lakers at home. You know, it's a high spread, but I'll be looking to toss them in a parlay. I see the Mavericks at home against the Knicks. They're not going to drop that game. I see the Lakers at home against the Heat. I believe the Lakers will win that game. 
And, you know, maybe we'll find one other team to toss in that parlay, make it a three-team parlay, bring it down closer to a normal minus 110, minus 120 odds as we've been doing the past couple of days. Uh, when I see value, putting two or three home fabs together. But that's all I have for the NBA. Just all official leans. Obviously, all picks will be out later this morning and, and into the afternoon. So let's move right ahead into the Saturday college football slate where we start with probably the second biggest game on the schedule on Saturday, and that's the Penn State Nittany Lions undefeated, as I mentioned in the open, number four in the college football playoff rankings, the first uh, set of the rankings that came out earlier this week. Uh, They travel to Minnesota to take on one of the better stories in college football, and that's the Minnesota Golden Gophers, P.J. Fleck, in year number three in Minneapolis, doing a fantastic job as the Gophers are in the driver's seat to win the Big Ten West. But the schedule heats up quite a bit for Minnesota. They haven't played a ton of top competition. They obviously get a big test in Penn State. Gophers still have to go through Iowa and Wisconsin. So the Big Ten West is far from locked up for Minnesota. We're seeing Penn State laying six and a half on the road. Total of 47 in this one. Matt, that is where you're looking in this one. It's the total. How are you playing it? Yeah, I'm playing it under here, Greg. I mean, this is, you know, we've been playing Big Ten unders all year. They're typically how these games tend to go. We've seen Penn State play five consecutive Big Ten games, four of which have went under the total, and the game against Michigan went over the total by two points. So that was very close there. Minnesota, on the other hand, has played a little bit differently. Three out of their last five against Big Ten have went over. But let me tell you, Minnesota has played some poor competition. They dropped 52 on Maryland, 42 on Rutgers, 34 on Nebraska, and 40 on Illinois. Four of the lower bottom tier teams in the Big Ten. They haven't played a team as good as Penn State all year. They haven't played a defense as good as Penn State all year, which ranks top three in the nation. And, you know, for the flip side, Penn State's been really good, especially on the road. They've been they've been good, but we haven't seen them dropping 40, 50 point games. We've seen them playing competitive games. You know, at Michigan State, they won 28 to 7. At Iowa, they won 17 to 12. At Purdue, they won 35 to 7. Excuse me, Purdue was home. But, you know, so we've seen them play these competitive games on the road where they shut out the home. They shut down the home team and. and but frankly, they are not ultra effective as well. I expect a hostile environment with Minnesota 8-0. and You know, they believe they have a driver's seat position in the college football playoffs. I don't think so. Even if they were to go undefeated, they really haven't played anyone. Penn State would be their lone, uh, you know, big win on their schedule. But I don't expect them to beat Penn State. I do, however, expect a close game. And as of right now, I also lean Minnesota plus 6.5. Yeah, I'm going to give you full agreement on this. I lean with the under as well as Minnesota plus the points. Huge spot for Minnesota. But I do think that uh, this just profiles as a typical road, grinded out win for Penn State. I don't think you're going to see the type of blowout that they put on Maryland. Uh, and, And I think this is much more like Penn State's road win at Iowa Even the Michigan State game that Penn State won going away wasn't a super high-scoring game either. So this is kind of a a closely contested victory, I think, for Penn State. Call it somewhere in the neighborhood of 20-17, to you know, 21-20. I think I I, I lean with the Gophers with the points. I do think Minnesota wins – or I'm sorry, Penn State wins the game outright. Uh, But I think the best play is to go under. Another 
angle that I think supports the under. This is the biggest game in the history of maybe the history of the University of Minnesota football program. And they asked to play this game at 11 a.m. Central Time. They ES, ABC and ESPN offered them the late evening slot because CBS has uh, Alabama and LSU. And they, off, they, they wanted to play earlier in the day. I think that's just a sign that these guys are a little nervous, uh, which I think also plays itself towards maybe looking first half under as well. But I like, I, I, I like your handicap there. I'd go under the total as well. Let's go to another game in the Big Ten, and it, this play has been a moneymaker for Matt, and I don't suppose that it's going to change anytime soon. Who would have thought a month ago, six weeks ago, when Maryland looked to be this high-powered offense, that they're going to be a 43-point underdog, but that's the case now as they head to Columbus, total of 65 between the Maryland Terraplins and the Iowa, or I'm sorry, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Matt, right back to the well, Ohio State first half for you. Craig, no surprise here. Not much to discuss. It's just getting repetitive at this point. Ohio State is the number one team in the country right now, currently. We've been on them since week one. I mean, what else is there to say? They, they've covered every single first half so far this year, and now we get them coming off a bye, Greg, against Maryland, who's last week got thumped by Michigan 38-7. to you know, the, the week before, 52-10 to 10 against Minnesota. Uh, Ohio State's better than Michigan. Ohio State is better than Minnesota. You know, so if, if Minnesota and Michigan are running it up and covering the first half and the full game against Maryland, there is no doubt in my mind that Ohio State will be up by four touchdowns and cover minus 27 first half. And, you know, it frankly probably will end 28 or 35 to nothing in the first half because this Maryland offense is, 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 you know, absolutely pathetic after the first two games. Yeah, no, they, they declined in a hurry and yeah, it's, it's been a mess there in college park with Michael Loxley uh, presiding over it for the Terps. So uh, Ohio state first half is the play for Matt. Uh, Certainly looks like Ohio state. I have a hard time thinking anybody's going to get in their way here in the big 10. I mean, we'll see who wins the West, see what happens when they play Penn state, but Gosh, even in that game, you have to think Ohio State's going to be a double-digit favorite at home. So uh, they're yeah, probably the ten, probably ten. Maybe. That's what I would think, at least uh, right now. We'll see what happens between now and then. But I-, I thought it was completely warranted that Ohio State was number one in the college football playoff rankings. They they've looked like the best team. They played really good defense. Chase Young is the best defender in the country, one of the best players in college football, uh, and. Justin Fields is doing his thing as a year one starter. So there's really nothing about Ohio State that uh, it gives me any reason to step in front of that this train because not only have they been winning games convincingly, but they've been covering spreads in convinced, convincing fashion as well. So Ohio State first half is the play for Matt. I am going to go to the biggest game of the day for my first or I'm sorry. Uh, for my first play, I'm, I do have one play before I get to the biggest game of the day between Alabama and LSU. It's my biggest bet of the day, and it's going to be a max play on the Louisville Cardinals going to Coral Gables, Florida, taking on Manny Diaz and the Miami Hurricanes. Here's what I'm seeing. Scott Satterfield is one of the more underrated coaches, I think, in college football. When they hired him from App State, you know, he really brought that App State program to good heights, won a Sunbelt Conference championship last year, and he gets hired by Louisville, and 
this was a Louisville team, a program that was in disarray before he got there. Uh, and very quickly, he has really brought them to relevance in the ACC. And maybe that's easy to do because the ACC out of Clemson, outside of Clemson is a mess. But this is a Louisville team that comes into this game five and three overall and three and two in the conference. It's entirely possible that they finish number two in the ACC Atlantic behind only Clemson. And so what I'm getting at here is this is a coach that has really turned the culture around in Louisville. And in his career, good stat I saw, a lot of people had this, nine and one straight up off a bye is Scott Satterfield. That is the spot for Louisville here going to Coral Gables off of a bye. Uh, and you think about Miami. Yes, they've been playing better. They're at five and four now. But who did they just beat last week? It was their arch rival, their big nemesis, the Florida State Seminoles. And we saw what happened to Willie Taggart earlier this week. He gets the ax. I think that was more about Florida State bad than Miami good. And I do think that there's a chance for a, a decent chance for a letdown spot here. Wouldn't be surprised if Louisville stole the game outright. I'll take the points. Give me the Louisville Cardinals plus the seven for a max play in the late afternoon Saturday college football slate. Greg, I wish you uh, the best of luck here. Personally, um, I can't agree with you on this play. I actually uh, lean Miami as of now. I don't have an official play on here. Uh, I know, you know, it was about a month, uh, two months ago at this point or a month and a half. But we did see this Louisville team lose at Florida State by 11. So you, it's got to it's gotta mean something that this Louisville team lost at Florida State by 11, but this Miami team won at Florida yeah, well, State by Miami 17. Got, fair enough. So, I, I mean, it, it's, just, it's just one thing to note there. You know, that just, before I even dig into the matchup, that's just to me to look at, you know, okay, so they both played at Florida State, one lost by 11, one won by 17. Obviously, the game that Louisville played was, you know, the end of September, and this was last week in Miami. But I've seen Miami win on the road the past two weeks at Pitt, at Florida State, two grinded-out wins. And obviously, we know this game doesn't mean nothing to these teams because with the sixth win of the season, they will be playing, uh, you know, in an extended game, so a bowl game. So I see uh, Miami team has also covered three out of the last four games. <laughs> yeah, you know, I know Louisville. Yeah, you know what the one that they didn't cover in? They lost in overtime to pathetic Georgia Tech at home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, you can point to other things, right? I mean, you can look and say Louisville beat Virginia at home by a touchdown. Miami beat Virginia at home by eight. So obviously there are comparable games all throughout the schedule here. Um, it, it, it's just, uh, for me, it's a, it, it's a tough one catching Louisville on the points here, but as of right now, I don't have a play. So I do wish you uh, luck. Now let's go to the biggest game of the slate on Saturday and it's the Alabama Crimson Tide hosting the LSU Tigers. This will be a one unit play for me. I'm going to go over the total seeing 63, 63 and a half, 64 at some shops varies. Uh, but I'm going to play this over Alabama has been in the neighborhood of five and a half, six, six and a half point chalk. And that tells me that Tua Tagovailoa is fine here. And Nick Saban even came out with some comments on Tuesday saying he's, quote, good and ready to go. And I think Tua is going to have a big game because the LSU defense has struggled at different times of the year against the better offenses that they've played. 
I mean, going back to the big non-conference game that LSU played uh, against Texas, uh, that was a slugfest. And we saw that LSU obviously prevailed and won that game 45-38. Even Florida, a team not known for its offensive prowess, put up 28 points against the LSU Tigers. So something tells me that this is going to be Joe Burrow and Tua duking it out. Heisman Trophy probably decided in this game. And you think about, I mentioned Chase Young earlier and Justin Fields. There's been a lot of buzz around Ohio State, and rightfully so. And, and Joe Burrow looks to be the slight favorite uh, for the Heisman right now. I just think Tua, all the focus on him has been if he even is healthy. I think if he plays here and he looks like he's going to, he's going to have a big game too. I think this is going to be a really fun one to watch. Not your typical LSU-Alabama game. I like the over. No, no complaints from me there, Greg. I, I think this could be a back-and-forth battle. And although sometimes I talk about a clash of Titans leaning towards the under, there are certain games where a clash of Titans, you definitely lean towards the under. And with a game where this could come down to a final possession score in each half, potentially, I see a lot of points on the board here as well, and I see touchdowns being converted in this game. Not many field goals, especially with the two caliber quarterbacks. It's going to be a lot of scouts at this game. Everyone's going to be parked in front of their TV or drunk at a bar watching, but <laughs> this is something you will not want to miss on Saturday afternoon. Now, Greg, let me take you down to Texas because I have a game for you that I really like, and as of right now, I'm actually – you know, I'm going down to Fort Worth. And I'm, I might be considering a max play on, on the Baylor Bears here, Greg. And this is not my typical spot, I would say, with a ranked team short favorite on the road against an unranked TCU team that's 4-4. Four and four. And you might say, you know, this is a small spread. Uh, is it a trap, you know, the common term? Sure. Now, I don't think it is. I see Baylor as one of the remain, re- remaining undefeated teams in the nation I've seen this Baylor team, Greg, win in multiple ways. At home last week, a close game against West Virginia. They edge them out, win 17-14. I understand they were 18-point favorites, but nonetheless, they won a close, low-scoring game. The week before that, they're playing Oklahoma State. They win a shootout, 45-27. Week before that, 33-30, Texas State. So they're winning close games. They're winning low-scoring games. They're winning shootouts. You know, two games before that, at Kansas State, 31-12. to Game before that, another close one with a two-point victory against Iowa State. And I've just seen this TCU team regress heavily after a big upset against rival Texas at home. They then travel to Oklahoma State, and they lose by a touchdown. And I see the, the, the overreaction and landslide continuing for this TCU team because this Baylor team, uh, they frankly, they smell blood in the water in the Big 12, and they all will be moving to 9-0 and after Saturday. You can book it. Yeah, I, I like this play. Uh, I, as if you're a listener of this podcast, I gra- you know that I graduated from Temple and uh, covered the Owls when that rule was there, and he's moved on to Baylor. Uh, this guy is probably going to be the coach of the year in college football with what he's done by his third season at Baylor. He's got them undefeated and, uh, quite frankly, a sleeper in the college football playoff t- discussion. They're obviously not in the top four yet, but they're undefeated in the Big 12. Here we are in November. It's all shaping up if they win this game, and I hope they do because they have the massive game in Waco next Saturday, November the 16th, 
against the Oklahoma Sooners. So I like this play as well. Um, Baylor, they just seem to win in different roles. Like you said, big favorite, didn't quite have it, but they still got the outright win against West Virginia. Uh, they've won as an underdog this year uh, in a couple of different spots on the road at Oklahoma State. Iowa State, they beat as a short dog. They just have find ways to get games in the win column. And Greg, let me tell you, this, you know, some for some of the listeners, they might be wondering, well, you know, Matt, Greg, you guys speak about these sandwich games, these look-ahead games. This is a look-ahead game to play Oklahoma next week. And I'm going to answer that, and I'm going to close the door real quickly. The answer is no. It's not a look-ahead whatsoever because if Baylor loses this game, that game at home against Oklahoma means that it means much less. A lot less, right, it, exactly. It means a lot less, and they understand that. And they understand that to – to get to that Oklahoma game for it to be as hype as it can with them trying to get the 10 and 0 and then play Texas, you know, this is not a look at game because then they have Texas the following week. So they are taking this one game at a time and trying to do what I'm sure, you know, they preached in the beginning of their, their season in the locker room, but none of the players actually thought was possible, but complete an undefeated 12 and 0 season. And, and, and at this point, when you're eight and 0 and you have four games left in November, you are, Taking it one game at a time, there is absolutely oh, no I, look I at totally spots agree because the games are because well, the games are too crucial. If you're well coached, like I just said, I think Baylor is. There's no such thing as a look ahead game at this point in the year. Like it no, just, sir. you're you're looking ahead to the opponent that week, trying to go one and zero to keep your college football playoff hopes alive. So the Baylor oh, Bears, no. it's definitely the side I would lean with in uh, the game between Baylor and TCU. Uh, let's stay in the Big 12. I, actually, I like this play quite a bit, too. Um, I may upgrade this to a match as well with Louisville. Uh, not decided yet, but it's the Texas Longhorns. Uh, we yeah, just love, talked I'm about- just going to get right off, Greg, I'm, before you go in here. I, I love this play as well. I'm signing right off on it, and, and this is a consensus. It's, well, it's good to hear because you look at the Big 12 right now, and obviously Oklahoma's loss to Kansas State kind of dropped everybody else uh, kind of mucked the picture up a little bit. But while Texas has not been that impressive of late, they did have a bye week last week, and they're coming off of a loss to TCU. So while you could argue that the TCU loss was one that's just going to kind of spiral their season out of control, Tom Herman is another coach I trust to use the bye week to hit the reset button. And despite the TCU loss, Texas has two losses in the Big 12 right now. And this is a huge stretch coming up for Texas. They play Kansas State, then they play Iowa State, then they play Baylor. If they win those three games in the Big 12, and I'm, let's give them the win against Texas Tech at the end of the regular season where they'll be a big favorite. So if they are to win out in the Big 12, Baylor is the only other team undefeated in the Big 12 right now. So if Baylor would also lose to Oklahoma, then Baylor would have two conference losses. The point I'm getting at here is Texas can still get to the Big 12 championship. It is all right in front of the Longhorns still to play for a conference championship and get another crack at Oklahoma. And then the other angle I love here is Kansas State, the ranked team, being an underdog. Those are the spots you always fade. You fade those dogs. You take the unranked team at home as the favorite. It's just been a good system play. And like I said, Texas, even though they haven't been great of late, they can still get to the Big 12 championship. Very feasible 
for that to happen. So I, I love the Longhorns, and, and you like it as well. I'll let you get in if you have anything. Yeah, no, you really cover most of it. It's a consensus for me. I'm signing off. I like the Longhorns. Good stuff as well. Hook them. Horns. Let's wrap things up with another big game in the Big Ten West, and that is the Wisconsin Badgers at home, nine and a half point favorites against the Iowa Hawkeyes. Seems a little high. Matt, you like the total, though. Yeah, Greg, I, I, I actually do, you know, just put a little button on what you just said. I do lean Wisconsin as of right now. I'm not an official play, but I do lean Wisconsin at home to roll against Iowa and cover that nine and a half point spread. But I lean the under here. Two of the top five defenses in the country. You've seen us play Wisconsin unders. You've seen us play Iowa unders. Now we get a sexy matchup of the two. Iowa has gone under four straight games. Their fifth game, you know, they actually pushed the total against Middle Tennessee. So five, you know, so that's 4-0-1 to the under the last five games. Wisconsin, a perfect 5-0 to the under the last five games. This matchup just screams under. I understand it's a low total, uh, you know, open at 39, now hovering at around 38. Honestly, I would be surprised if this even cracks 35. I see, you know, something like a 17-7, maybe 21-10 type of game. Wisconsin and the under will be good here, and I will look to upgrade the under to a potential two or even three-unit max play. But for now, it's just a one-unit play on Wisconsin under 38 points. And I will look at the first half, but uh, we'll evaluate that come come Saturday morning and into the afternoon before the 4 p.m kickoff on Fox halfway home here on full slate. Let's take a commercial break and we'll come right back with our NFL week 10 plays. Support for blue wire comes from manscaped who is number one in men's below the belt grooming manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. We've all been there. You have a few moments that don't quite work out and Manscaped is here to help fix some of those problems below the belt. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer as well. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. The holidays are almost here, and you know what that means? Gifts. And what better gift to give the guy in your life than a stylish shirt that fits just right? Unlike most brands, Untuck It shirts are actually designed to be worn untucked. Untuck It shirts always fall at the just right length, no matter his size. So he looks casual and sharp. Ever see an untucked button down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. 
No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. And with the holidays near, there's no better gift for your favorite guy who needs an upgrade. It's always frustrating with shirt shopping in the past. Never quite know where that shirt's going to fall down to if you don't like to untuck it. And that's why you go with Untuck It and your, all of your problems are taken care of. With more than 50 plus fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Untuck It fits my frame and I hope you can find that it fits yours. Find your favorite Untuck It style online or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar shops. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big. And their website is easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use blue for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com. And the promo code blue gets you 20% off at checkout. We're back here on Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. Greg Frank at Undercover Greg on Twitter, joined as always by Matt Siegel. You might know him as at Showtime Cappers on Twitter. We're going to go to the National Football League. Matt, can you believe it? Week 10 already. Yeah, Greg, it's wild. You know, I, as we talk, it was, I feel like we were just talking about the halfway point season when we were talking coming up to week eight and finishing week nine. I mean, uh, finishing week eight. You know, now week 10, like you said about the college football playoffs starting to unravel uh, towards the end of the season. You know, same with the NFL, Greg. I actually was on Twitter earlier today breaking down some of the divisions. We can run through it real quickly, but, you know, there's about four divisions you can kind of pencil teams in, and then four divisions really up for grabs. You know, I understand the Bills are sitting at 6-2 and two while the Patriots 8-1. and one. I think we can agree the Patriots are going to end up taking that division. You know, we can go to the AFC North where the Ravens are two games up on the Steelers. I understand they still need Scratch to play. The Steelers, not that they're, they're going to win the division, but they're in that wild card. Hunt they sure. are in the wild card division. Ultimately, I think the Ravens with Lamar Jackson and that sure. defense picking it up and the coaching staff, I think we can agree the Ravens will ultimately end up winning that division. AFC South between the Texans, Colts, totally up for grabs. Don't count out the Jaguars as well with Nick Foles returning post by. They are only two games back. Of the Texans, uh, you know, we got the Chiefs, I think, with Mahomes coming back. I think we can be in full agreement there that the Chiefs will end up taking that division. The Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos, none of them have looked yeah, scary. Yeah, I and mean, that was a big win for the Chiefs without Mahomes last week because yeah, it would have gotten a little cloudy win. if they lost. Huge win. And even if 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 not, and, you know, they're 6-3 and three and they're sitting at 5-4 here, even with being one game up on the rest of the division with Mahomes back, I do believe that they would have went on the win the division. But nonetheless, they are sitting in the driver's seat right now. NFC East between the Cowboys and Eagles, totally up for grabs. Giants and Redskins, obviously done. But Cowboys and Eagles will be in a neck-and-neck -neck race that realistically will end up coming down until week, week 16 when they play each other and or weeks the following week, week 17. We can run to the NFC North, another division up for grabs, looking like the Lions and Bears will miss the playoffs. But the Packers only one game up on the Vikings. Again, 
they play week 17, I mean, week 16. And so I expect that division as well to come down to that head-to-head match of week 16 and or the following week 17. Uh, Kyle Allen has the Panthers in a solid position. You know, after Cam Newton goes down, Kyle Allen is now 5-1 and one as a starter. And the Panthers sit two games behind the Saints. But I think we can agree the Saints look like a top three team if and if not the top team maybe potentially in the NFL at seven and one two game lead in the south I believe that they will coast to a division victory and then you got the west which is a little bit complicated because you got the Niners at eight and oh so the Seahawks at seven and two a big game and a half back. Monday night game huge Monday night game which we'll get into in a little bit and obviously so we know the Niners haven't played the Seahawks so they played twice so you can say this division is fully up for grabs, even though the Niners are a game and a half up. The Seahawks truly do control their destiny with playing the Niners two more games. But we will get to that. Greg, take me to your first pick on NFL Sunday. Who you got? Yeah, we're going to the Windy City uh, where I got in early here, and I'm glad I did. The Detroit Lions, the Motor City Kitties are a a two-and-a-half-point dog at the Chicago Bears. Uh, I would still take this at two and a half, but I'm glad I got three. Total of 41 and a half I'm seeing right now. I I like the Lions here. I mean, how do you lay points with this Chicago Bears offense right now? I'm not sure that they should be favored. Uh, Certainly not over the Lions. And I'd have to really think about teams that I would want to... uh, pick the Bears against laying points because they their offense just looked totally anemic last week. And remember, that's an Eagles defense that has had its fair share of problems, specifically in the secondary. But obviously, we know Mitch Trubisky can't get the ball downfield. Um, and, and he doesn't really – there's not a ton of personnel there either. Uh, so I, I can only look to Detroit here. A couple of weeks ago, Matt, you mentioned Kirk Cousins as an MVP sleeper. And listen, the Lions aren't going to make the postseason – But let's give a shout out to Matthew Stafford for the year that he is having uh, and the career that he has had, really. Since Calvin Johnson retired, they've been looking to kind of revamp their weapons. And obviously they got Kenny Galladay in the draft and and they added Marvin Jones. And, you know, shout out to Stafford. He's at twenty five hundred yards coming into this game, you know, right at the halfway point of the year. Dude is on pace for 5,000 yards and 38 touchdowns. I mean, big-time numbers. Uh, we saw Detroit uh, go all the way down to the goal line last week in Oakland and nearly force overtime in that game. Still were able to put up 24 points. I just think that this game's going to get to a point where Stafford's going to get his. He's been getting his all season, and I don't think the Bears' offense is going to keep up. I like Detroit to go on the road and win this game. Let's call it 24 17 somewhere in that neighborhood but i certainly like the dog on the road greg i hope you're right because that would just be another loss in the loss column for my bears under nine and a half wins total which we are ever so close obviously the a a uh, 11 and 5 record and a 10 and 6 record is still achievable for the bears sitting at three and five even though we know that is unrealistic but we still need a total three more losses to officially cash our, yeah, and I'm, future, I'm on our current well. closer future uh, from preseason. So I hope that this is one of the three remaining losses, as you say. Well, we both like the Bears under nine and a half wins. I'm feeling pretty good about my Cleveland Browns under nine wins bet. Only need a few more losses for that to be locked up. But 
I think probably the squarest dog on the board this week is the Buffalo Bills. Two and a half point pup in this one in Cleveland. Total of 40 in this one. Uh, and, and you like the Browns, Matt. Greg, I am finally hopping on the Browns bandwagon. It might be weird timing considering everyone is hopping off, but this is your classic buy low. Exactly. Buy low opportunity on the Browns. 0-4 in their last four games. 0-4 against the spread. Now, Greg, let me tell you, though, it's kind of crazy that the Browns are getting so much hate because who have the Browns lost to in the last four weeks? Forget the Denver loss, right? Well, the la- that's, that's the-, the one that really stands out as bad, though. That's fine. That's fine. That's one loss on the road in the NFL against a quarterback that no one's ever seen before in the high altitude after playing a road game against the Patriots, so they had to travel across country. I'm not giving them you know, any excuses. I'm just saying it wasn't an easy situational spot for them, but that's fine. Everyone loses hard. Everyone loses road games. It's the NFL any given Sunday, but the three losses prior at Patriots at home against the Seahawks and at the Niners. So they've lost to two of the under, or excuse me, I'm sorry. The Patriots lost two of the top four teams in the NFL and the Patriots and, and, and the Niners. And then the Seahawks, who can easily be a top six or seven team. And they, they, frankly, they lost a close game. And Russell Wilson's been winning close games, not only this whole season, but his whole career. So he's pretty experienced in that. Same with Pete Carroll. So I understand the Browns haven't looked good. But on the flip side, I still am not buying the 6-2 and two Buffalo Bills team. They've beaten the Redskins. That is one win. They've beaten the Dolphins. That is win number two. They've beaten the Jets. The Giants win number three and four, and the Bengals. So five of their six wins have come against the worst against five of the bottom five teams in the NFL. Their then loss comes against the Patriots. Their then other loss comes against the Eagles, by the way, both at home losses. Their one quote-unquote quality win I can give them is at, on the road against the Titans, and, and this Titans team has been shaky all year, and that was still when they had Marcus Mariota starting, who they since have benched. And, you know, yeah, right. Have, if they play a game with Ryan Tannehill, the Tennessee might win. Uh, I mean, in two, exactly. I'm not going to say they definitely win, but we can clearly see the difference with Tennessee Titans, you know, in their past three games scoring 20 on the road at Carolina, at home 27 uh, against the Bucks, and at home 23 against Chargers. So the Ryan Tannehill Titans offense is clearly better than Mariota. So what I'm getting at is I really don't think the Bills are that good. I think the Browns truly are talented. I will give the Browns one more chance to right the ship because they are truthfully not out of it yet either. It's kind of crazy sitting at two and six, but they can beat the Bills here. They move to three and six. Then a big game against the Steelers, they can move to four and six. And then assuming the Browns can take care of business against the Dolphins, we could be talking about the Cleveland Browns on a three-game winning streak to end the month of November, sitting at five and six with five games left in December. One of which against the Baltimore Ravens, who they have already beaten, another on the road against the Steelers. So the Browns truthfully aren't done because they play, like I said, the Bengals twice, the Cardinals, the Steelers, and the Ravens in that month of December. I'm yeah, not the one the one thing I'll say though, I mean, everyone looked at that, everyone looked at the schedule and just felt that way about the Browns against Denver. So I don't think they're making the playoffs. I I I just think this is a nice little spot to kind of circle the wagons a bit. The problem with Cleveland all year has been they just haven't been able to string these performances together. I mean, you you mentioned their win against Baltimore. I mean, 
gosh, that win looks better and better with the way Baltimore has been playing. But the problem is the Browns have just been extremely inconsistent and you can't trust them to go on that kind of a win streak. So while I do think this is a good buy low and maybe you do see for once that all that talent that people talked about with the Browns, maybe it finally all manifests itself to a good performance. I, it's just not a team that I trust to string together yeah. multiple performances. No, 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 Greg, Greg, Greg. I'm not saying bet the Browns make the playoffs. I'm saying I like them at home in this spot against the Bills team that sure. I think is overvalued at that 6-2 and two record. I do potentially see the Bills rattling off, I mean the Browns, excuse me, parlaying this Bills win into a back-to-back, three in a row home wins against the Steelers and the Dolphins, and then I see a letdown game, frankly, in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, that, that December 1st game, you know, when finally the Browns are looking like a potential comeback second-half team. Everyone will jump back on the bandwagon, and they drop that game at the Steelers. So something interesting to look at. If the Browns do pull off the next three Ws, I will be looking at the Steelers first week of December because we know Mike Tomlin can get his team up and assuming the Steelers lost that game at Cleveland, the Steelers will be looking for some revenge and probably still fighting for a wild card spot. Sure. No, and and I think that's a much more reasonable way to look at the rest of the season for Cleveland. Let's move forward. I'm going to stay in the AFC North. This is just a nice little system spot that I will look for almost in college football or the NFL. The Baltimore Ravens are on the road against the Cincinnati Bengals. And I get it. Nobody wants to bet Cincinnati, right? They're winless, and now A.J. Green's not going to play when it looked like he might play. Ryan Finley is starting for for Cincinnati, rather, uh, making his first career start, fourth-round draft choice out of North Carolina State. All of that said, the Baltimore Ravens come off of the win of the season, right? I mean, there's... I don't think there's been a win in the NFL. Correct me if I'm wrong. Has there been a win that's impressed you more than Baltimore last week against New England? Because there hasn't been for me. It's tough to say, Greg. Out of all teams, you're saying? I mean, you're yeah, talking about like, any everyone? one result that was impressive more than last week for Baltimore. Yeah. I guess I'm putting you on the spot yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm actually going to tell you what I think was a more impressive win, and I think it actually justifies why they are the best team in the NFL, and that's the New Orleans Saints. After losing Drew Brees mid-game at L.A. Rams, they then travel. They don't even yeah, go home. Sure. They stay on the West Coast. They go to a place that is a tough place to win, and with Teddy Bridgewater making his first start for the Saints this season, they go on the road and they beat the Seahawks at the time when the Seahawks, I believe, were undefeated, correct? Uh, that's correct. And, uh, yeah, but I say undefeated. Yes, they're only 2-0. and But still, they were 2-0. and um, and, and, and then they dropped a home game where we don't see them drop too many home games, especially in September. And it's just full circle because then that sparked Teddy Bridgewater commanding the Saints to now what they have as a 7-1 and one record with Drew Brees taking back over. But, yes, I will give you, obviously, I think this Ravens win is probably right behind there with, with the Ravens asserting themselves, not only to the Patriots, but to the rest of the league the and league, specifically the right. AFC. We are here, we can ball, and Lamar Jackson is our quarterback, MVP caliber quarterback. Yeah, no, absolutely. So... I bring all this up to say now they're going to go to Cincinnati. And if there was ever a flat spot for Baltimore, it's right here where I just don't see where their desire is for significant margin here. And again, Greg, we, we, you know, 
I, I don't mean to cut you off, but just a, a sure. before I lose this, goes right into your point. This is almost as close as you get for a sandwich game in the NFL. At home against the Patriots, and you travel to the lonely 0-8 Bengals, and now you're back at home against the Houston Texans, another huge AFC sure. potential playoff matchup. So as close as we talk about in the NFL, obviously, there aren't many sandwich spots because of you know how important every game is and and how close the competition is. You know, a sandwich, a typical sandwich spot in college football would be, you know, when, when you're playing at home and you might be a 30-point favorite. So you win instead of by 30, you win by 21. As opposed to here, you, we understand that there's no 30-point favorites in the NFL. But nonetheless, a 10-point favorite in the NFL on the road is a huge favorite. You know, that's essentially saying minus 16 at home, the Ravens exactly. will be minus 17. So this is as close to a sandwich spot. When we look at Cincinnati, I know they're 0-8, but if you dig deeper into their schedule, they covered easily and should have won the game outright week one at Seattle. They outgained them by a ton. They covered, you mentioned that Buffalo game. Uh, you mentioned the Bills. Uh, Cincinnati covered the number in that game and was right in that game. And they covered right, the right one. In that game, they, were, they were up 14 and nothing uh, with five minutes up to the third. Well, Thank you. I didn't know that until you said that. No, no, I'm seeing the bill. I'm saying the Bills were, excuse me, the Bills were up 14-0 until the Bengals scored five minutes of the third. They actually fought back in that game to then lead 17-14 with five minutes up to the fourth. So I'm saying they really should have won that sure. game. And and then they shouldn't have won this one, but they did cover, got through the back door at Baltimore as a ten and a half point dog. So that right there, the the line is now the same. In Cincinnati, basically, you got the hook, so it's 10, not 10 and a half. The line is the same between these two teams that it was four weeks ago in Baltimore, basically. And well, I, I, think, that, I been, think that's typically because would be just because of the direction that these two teams are going, right? The Bengals have only gotten worse since that game, and the Ravens have understood. But, but go on. My point is, I, I just pointed out three covers against potential playoff teams, Baltimore, Seattle, and Buffalo. And even their game before the bye week, Cincinnati, was that game was right on the number, and the Rams ended up covering by two on a neutral field in London. So my point is, it feels like a sandwich spot for Baltimore. And Cincinnati, if there's a team that gets up more for this game, it's the Bengals to just show that they still got a little bit of pride coming out of their bye. And certainly, Zach Taylor and that coaching staff sent a message yeah, Dalton that jobs are on the line here. So I think that Cincinnati plays hard, uh, and, and this is get in and get out for Baltimore. So Bengals plus 10 is my pick. I think a slight interesting, another point about this game, right, is, is A.J. Green, you know, not playing in this game. Um, it looks like, I'm not going to say it's his choice per se to sit out, but definitely seems like it you know, was. I'm was, starting to wonder uh, if we're going to see him at all this. Year. Yeah, I don't expect that, and and that just gets it ringing in the locker room, right? If AJ Green's not going to play this game, if he's not going to play next year, now who's your number one receiver? Tyler Boyd. Okay, now who's your number two? John Ross is hurt. So, like you said, there are young guys who will be given opportunities this game and the rest of the season to show not only that. They can play football, but they can play football and be valuable to the Bengals next sure. year when they get rid of probably get rid of AJ Green, right? And and what does this say, AJ Green, if he is healthy to play or if he's choosing not to? This says that he is too good for this team, right? That's what he's saying. And and frankly, I don't blame him. He is. He's too talented. 
And it's been a shame he's been stuck on this team all year. But but there still are competitive young players on this team that, like you said, want to earn spots for next year. There are eight games left of the Bengals season. Here's your tryout. You want to be our starter next year? You want to be in this rebuilding mode? Here you go. And also, what does it say by them benching Andy Dolan? It says that they will be going out to compete. They will not just throw Andy Dolan out there. Well, right. They will and they see what they, what they have in their, their fourth rounder because they're going to be exactly. in the market at the top of the draft for a quarterback, possibly. Exactly. I, I, I love the Bengals pick here. You can make it a consensus. Love it. Let's move forward. I'm going to stay in the AFC North. Got a couple more picks to get to. I got one and then two from Matt. Um, I will stay with the late afternoon slate, Pittsburgh Steelers. We've talked about them a little bit. Uh, I like them as a three-and-a-half-point home dog against the Los Angeles Rams. And, and Craig, the reason I'm sorry. I, like I'm sorry. I, have one, I have one more 1 o'clock game to get to. Oh, gotcha. my mistake. Um, well, I'll finish my handicap here, or this will be quick. Okay, I, I really like what I'm hearing out of the locker room. Mike Tomlin uh, was quoted last a couple weeks ago, or last week, after they beat Indianapolis, saying he's never been prouder of a team that's four and four. They are not giving up. I think we knew that they weren't going to give up all the way back to when they traded their first round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick. Remember when they did that, they were 0-2 going to San Francisco. And it was like, well, what are they doing? The Steelers just lost Big Ben. They could be picking in the top five all of a sudden. Why are they trading their first round pick? No, no, no. That's a sign of a team that believes in themselves, believes that they can still hang around steal a wild card perhaps and they were right in the game against Baltimore anyway had they lost it but had they won it the division would have still been in play and so all of this is to say that you're getting a team that has is going to empty the tank down the stretch here and I know that the Rams are out of a bye but the Rams have not been able to run the football this year and we've there's been a concern about me and the Rams all season if they can't run it do you trust Jared Goff to win games I don't trust Jared Goff to go to the catch-up bottle Heinz Field and win this game. I'm taking the three-and-a-half points with the Steelers. Greg, I wish you the best of luck. I just can't agree with you here. Sean McVay out of a bye. Uh, this Rams team, I understand they're not a 12- or 13-win team like they were last year. But nonetheless, they are a talented enough team. And I do believe that they still will make the playoffs. And in order for them you to make do. the playoffs, they need right. – they. Yeah, yeah, I do. And they need to win this game. But with that being said, win by three or less, and you get the cover. Sure, I, I, I can, good. I can, I can buy what you're selling there. But hey, I do think ultimately I got the Rams, Rams win under this ten game. and a half wins. I got to get that too. I think I still will. I have, I have the Rams under ten and a half as well. I, I think they can land right at ten. But this is an important game, knowing that the Seahawks play the Niners. They understand that they will gain a game on whoever loses in that game. Obviously, and and you know, I'm sure they're rooting for at this point the Seahawks to drop that game so they can open up the wild card spot. But I do think the Rams, out of a bye, ultimately uh, prevail against the Steelers here. I think they're too talented. Early I slate have- here. Let's go back. Uh, Arizona four and a half point dog against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Total fifty two and a half in Tampa. You like Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury with some extra time to repair off a Thursday game. Yeah, off a Thursday game, so extra time to prepare. Bucks off a tough road loss at Seattle. So now they're traveling across country. Let's just note this down. So the Bucks travel schedule, you know, has been a little wild. They were at the Rams and then at the Saints. Then they were home against the Panthers. Then they had their bye, I understand. But now they then they played back-to-back games. So they traveled, you know, they were all the way on the West Coast, and they came back to New Orleans, and they were in Tampa, and then they were in Tampa for a week, and then they went to Tennessee, and then across country to the Seahawks, and now back to Tampa Bay. So just a lot of travel the past five and, weeks. And Matt, not only a lot of travel, but think about how they lost that game to Seattle, too. 
Yeah, I'm going to uh, – yeah, I, I, you know, losing that game to Seattle, how they lo- – or first off, how it even went to overtime, excuse me. Yeah. And then how it losing, losing in overtime. The week before that, losing that game against the Titans with that, you know, could have been fumble recovered for touchdown, exactly. blown dead, and losing that game. So two close back-to-back road game losses. Kind of feels like Cooper, the air is sucked out of their balloon, right? It really does. 0-4 against the spread in their last four. Cardinals, meanwhile – I understand they're 0-2 in their last two, but nonetheless, they've covered four out of the last five games. I like what Kyler Murray's doing. Jameis Winston does not look like he can take care of the ball, and his ball security is not there. Kyler Murray, on the other hand, I like his elusiveness. And, you know, I expect David Johnson also back in this game saying, coming out and saying that he will be playing. So that's a big boost for the Cardinals. I'll take the four and a half on the road here. Uh, I think Cardinals are live dog could win outright. Now, real yeah, I like the picks. Yeah, appreciate that, Greg. You know, it's a winner, so you can hop on it. Real quick to wrap things up here for week 10 of the NFL and our Friday morning podcast. I'm going to go on. I'm taking the Cowgirls minus three at home. Sunday night football. Real easy fade of Kirk what's, Cousins. What's, I was going to say, what's better than a primetime Kirk Cousins fade? <laughs> yeah, a primetime Kirk Cousins fade against a winning team. We've seen this Cowboys team ups and downs, but let me tell you right now, they are on the up, winning last game 37-18 against the Giants, winning the game prior to that 37-10 against the Eagles. So that's back-to-back games scoring 30-plus. Two games before that, I understand they dropped to the Jets, Packers, and Saints three in a row. But they look like they're back on track after two divisional wins. And they have another primetime game at night. Uh, This is actually the third primetime game in a row. So the Cowboys are not afraid of the big lights. But it will be a nice matchup of two stud running backs, Ezekiel Elliott and Dalvin Cook, I will look for. But I expect Kirk Cousins to make a costly turnover and lose the game towards the end like we've seen him do. Game in and game out on primetime when the lights are shining. And we will close this week on the last game of – or close this podcast on the last week. Uh, excuse me. Last we'll game of the week. podcast <laughs> uh, with the last game of the week being another huge showdown. So back-to-back primetime showdowns of two NFC Titans. You know, we actually have uh, – you know, the Panthers and, and, and Packers also. No play there, but don't sleep on that game because if the Panthers could steal a road win there – they are still keeping pace two games behind the Saints, and that would be huge implications for what happens with the Vikings. And flip side, if the Packers can get this win and the Vikings do drop, like I'm predicting, that would move the Packers to 8-2 and two, with the Vikings dropping to 6-4 and four, and the Packers having two games up on the Vikings along with the one tiebreaker that the Packers won so far. So huge playoff implications in these later games. But moving on to another game with huge playoff implications, the Seattle Seahawks travel to San Francisco, uh, Santa Clara, to play the 49ers. Ugh, the Seahawks have been such an interesting team. They've they've blown out teams. They've then won lost. a lot of close they've games. had bad losses. They've won a lot of close games. I mean, let's just look at the Seahawks. Last game, they won by six. They beat the Falcons by seven. You know, they beat the Browns by four. They beat the Rams by one. So that's four straight wins of a touchdown or less. They also beat the Steelers by two and the Cincinnati Bengals by one. So that is six out of seven wins coming from seven points or less. Now, you know, sometimes that is amazing that they pull out the close games. Sometimes that is scary because they're not dominating the games. On the flip side, you have a Niners team that is just absolutely running through everyone, you know. And they oh, did have a close game. Arizona gave them a game. 
the Arizona gave him a slight game, but 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 let's not forget that Arizona scored that late touchdown with five minutes left. I mean, it was a twenty, uh, it was a twenty-eight to fourteen game with uh, nine minutes left in the third. But I mean, the fourth before they the Cardinals then scored a field goal and a touchdown. So that game and the two-point conversion, that game was pretty much out of reach, and they did get the cover, but it was nonetheless closer than some of their other games, which. 51 to 13, 9 nothing a domination of the Redskins in the muddy affair, 27 against the Rams, 31 to 3 against the Browns. You get the picture. The Niners have been uh winning by a significantly larger margin than the Seahawks. However, you know, to sum this all up, I will get to my pick and I have the San Francisco 49ers at home minus 6. I think they roll again and I think Seattle's luck stops them. I think the Niners control the offensive and defensive line in this game. I think they get the run game going, they get the play action going, and I don't think that Russell Wilson's magic will be able to overcome this defense because Russell Wilson's magic in the past couple weeks, let me tell you, has overcome the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Atlanta Falcons, the Cleveland Browns, and the Los Angeles Rams. So those defenses are nowhere near what the San Francisco 49ers defense is, especially at home in the magnitude of this matchup. With San Francisco knowing how much this game means for the division and the potential to move to 9-0, and and then they get the, uh, the Arizona Cardinals at home next week where there will be two touchdown favorites. They will then move to 10-0. and They understand what this means. That's then a showdown week 12 against the Packers at home. Yeah, if they, if they win that game, almost, not quite, but it almost locks up the division. I, 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 they got to win over the Rams. There, yeah, because they would be two and a half games back. Um, I mean, the Seahawks would be two and a half games back with one game to play. So, yeah, the Niners' wheels really need to fall off. So, yeah, I'm going I'm to have to agree with you. This game damn near locks up the division. So they know what's at stake here. And, you know, so do the Seahawks. So this will be two great primetime games on Sunday night football uh, between the Vikings and Cowboys and a Monday night matchup of the Seahawks and Niners. I'm really excited for week 10 and to uh, see what we got. Yeah, just a couple thoughts from me on those picks. I pass the the side, at least, in Minnesota and Dallas. I might look towards the under because you mentioned those two running backs. You would have to think it becomes a little bit of a showdown of which back can be more productive on the ground. Uh, But Mike Zimmer, a good coach, somebody that I'm not sure I want to fade to lose back-to-back games. He just seems to get his teams uh, up and ready for game week in and week out. That said, it is another road game, so uh, I passed that one. And then kind of the same thing, Russell Wilson in primetime has just uh, been a moneymaker for, what, a decade now? So, or almost. So, um, I'm not really sure where I'm going yet on Monday Night Football. I, I don't really like either side, though. But certainly wishing you the best of luck, as you're always nice enough to wish me as well. So, hopefully it goes Well, for both of us and for all of you fading or following, whatever you're doing, we wish everybody the best of luck in week number 10 in the National Football League and week 11 in college football. Matt, before we go, anything else you want to say? Hop on. Final word. Weekend plans? Let's print money. That's what I got (laughs) to say. Let's fucking print money. There you have it. Greg Frank. Matt Siegel at Showtime Cappers on Twitter, at Undercover Greg on Twitter for our gambling picks. Thank you all for listening, and please play responsibly. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.